morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Lawson. Double L team right here Ooh, on the again. Faith FM show. It's good to be back. Yeah, where have you been? I have been uh, in the New England Tablelands. Oh, nice. What, what, what's so we started in Tamworth. Uh, we started in Tamworth, which is kind of, you know, on the way up there kind of thing. Um, with Prophetica. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was amazing um, at the Tanworth Adventist Church right there. And then we went up into a place called Glen Elgin near Glen Innes. We were working on uh, a farmer assist program. Mm-hmm. And yeah, been doing that. Um, been just incredible. Um, during the news segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about the drought because some of the things that we saw out there were very, very confronting. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's something like I don't think anybody has ever, ever seen before. So yeah, that's coming up more, more to say on that. But, um, yeah. What are you thankful for this morning, Lawson? Oh, let's see. What am I thankful for? I don't know. Technology that assists your life. Ah, technology. Well, there you go. That assists your life. I have a story coming up in the news section if we get time for it about technology mm-hmm. and um, how it can assist or not assist your life. Oh, okay. I was just referring to my alarms going off on time. Me, <laughs> me being, yeah, I had a, I had a bit of a, a late night last night, and you know, having to wake up, you know, five thirty in the morning to make radio. I'm like, whoa. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, then my alarm's like beside my head and now I'm good. So. I guarantee you didn't have as late a night as I was having while I was away, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, then. All right, Lyle, let's have a look at some weather right across Australia. Because I'm thankful for sleep this morning because I was very sleep deprived while I was away. <laughs> and it was good to get back into, into a sleep routine Oh man This is a reminder You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM If you would like to listen to the live show And interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show Then simply go to faithfm.com.au And press play or use the tune in radio app Now I like this time of year It's not too hot, it's not too mm. cold It's uh, just about perfect It's really good We actually had an awesome game tonight I'm really thankful for that And like leaving You know it's like 8 o'clock at night And you walk outside and it's warm Yeah yeah it's the best It's the best <laughs> Like walking around barefoot up in, awesome. up, in, up in the New England Tablelands It was actually quite cold during the night Ooh. Anyway there's Peter, Paul and Mary Waking us up early in the morning Help me find a way, help me find a way, to the promised land, this lonely body, needs a helping hand, I ask the Lord to help me please find a way, when the new day is a dawn, about my heavy prayer, I pray to the Lord, won't you leave me there? Guide me safely through the golden stairs. Won't you let this body your burden share? I pray to the Lord, won't you leave me, please? Leave me there. When the judgment comes, find the world in shame. When the trumpet blows, 
won't you call my name? Well, won't you call my name? When the thunder rolls and the heavens rain, when the sun turns black, never shine again. Never shine again. No, when the trumpet blows, won't you call me, please? Call my name. And, of course, that was Peter, Paul and Mary here on Faith FM with Early in the Morning. It doesn't really feel that early in the morning when the sun is up this bright, does it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bright outside. I don't know. I feel like it's I mean, when, 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 when we're playing this song in wintertime and the sun's not going to come up for another couple of hours, yeah, it true. feels like it's early in the morning. But right now, it just doesn't feel early in the morning. It feels like the middle of the day. And it's like you're looking around like, why is there nobody else here in the office? <laughs> By the way, it's super good to be back in our studio. Loved our time at Raymond Terrace, but the studio is definitely more comfortable. Mm. But, but, mm, but, I was saying this but, yesterday, yes, the shops uh-huh. aren't as close. It's true. But, yeah, it is good to be back in the studio. Indeed it is. <laughs> what do you got for the first clue of the first quiz since I got back? Okay, here we go. From being away. What book am I? Are you ready? Yes. Quote, to them he gave the name... Boenerges. Okie dokie. That nails, narrows it down to one of four. And I'm <laughs> going to take a stab at... Not Lyle. This one. Uh, you're incorrect. Ah. Sorry, sir. So that means that you can give us a call on 1-800-324-843 and get a, pl- a, a, a prize completely for free. Man, it's early. <laughs> a prize completely for free. Um, yeah, if you give us a call or text us 0491 Of course, if you know the answer. And uh, yeah, you'll be getting a prize. You get double prizes because Lyle doesn't know what it is. I delivered a prize yesterday. Oh, yeah? It was kind of cool. Go? It was uh, somebody in Maitland who uh, called in won a prize. I'm like, you know what? Why would I post that? I work in Maitland. <laughs> so I um, knocked on the door and delivered the prize. Hello. <laughs> so if you are kind of you know local to the area, you never know. You might have Lawson or myself just sort of rock up on your door. Or Shell or any, any yeah, other yeah, Shell, Shell, Shell delivered a few. Um, yep. Cool. So local callers, call in now. Yeah. And if you're not local, then um, maybe anyway. somebody else will deliver it. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's have a look at some some good news. Okay, positively news. What have you got for us? All right. So something that I came across this morning that I thought was particularly amazing um, was so scientists, um, as part of the the Breast Cancer Foundation, have recently come together and they've found a way through a simple blood test to predict someone. Contra- like uh, having breast cancer five years before they show any clinical signs. No way. No, seriously. This is gnarly. So this is like the first of its kind. Basically, how exactly... Are you going to go get yourself... <laughs> well, actually, Men can get breast cancer. That's, that's actually, actually a thing. That's actually, actually a thing. I had this ready to go. I just wanted to share this. I was looking up as well, you know, breast cancer statistics. Yep. Um, so in Australia in 2015, 16,852 uh, women were diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. which is much, uh, much, much, much lower than the than the rate of men. It's only about 145 men were diagnosed that year with with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um. And the risk of being diagnosed with breast cancer um, by the age of 85 is about one in eight for women and one in 651 for men. Uh, Not only this, in 2016, 2,976 women um, died of breast cancer. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely. A and it's interesting, you know, because what you talk about one in eight women by the time of the age of eighty five being diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, that's a very high number. But your chances of being diagnosed with breast cancer are five times higher if you drink alcohol. Mm. So, you know, the really, really easy place to start for women in particular when it comes to breast cancer is just don't drink alcohol. Mm. That's a, that's a five times thing. higher. You imagine how, how uh, that number would just, you know, vanish away. One in eight would just vanish away if, uh, if women just stopped drinking, stopped drinking alcohol. Yeah. A hundred percent. Bring on prohibition. Bring but- on. <laughs> prohibition all day long but um of course you know yeah this is something that that affects and we probably know many people who you know personally who this is affected i know my my grandmother in particular Mm, i've got a very good friend who's who's um going through uh a really nasty breast cancer right now Mm. chemo and all that kind of stuff and it's just it is not it is not nice it is an awful thing but with this blood test this is so cool so basically um they've you know seen with cancer um cancer cells produce um proteins called antigens that trigger the body to make antibodies against them called autoantibodies uh, which is you know what happens with cancer the body you know starts attacking itself and weakening itself um but according to new research presented at the 2019 uh, ncri cancer conference earlier this week by researchers at the university of nottingham these tumors associated these tumor associated antigens are good indicators of cancer, um, and they now have developed panels of um, tumor associated antigens that are known to already to that are known already to be associated with breast cancer to detect whether or not there are auto antibodies against them in blood samples taken from patients. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So basically that distilled is they've found a way, you know, they've they've created these these antigens that travel around the body, you know, or well, that that you know, travel around your blood when it's taken and have the ability to t- detect these auto antigens which appear in your blood, you know, some 5 years, 6 years before you start to show clinical symptoms. Um, you know, they've they've ha- they've had In other words, cancer strikes when your body is not keeping up. Yeah. And what they've found here, I'm I'm the way I'm reading sort of between the lines is a way of determining when your body starts to not keep up. Exactly. And you know, it's once you get cancer, your body has not been keeping up um, for you know quite some time. Five years, by the sounds yeah. of it, you've been going backwards for five years. Exactly, and so you know, the, I think the most incredible thing about this is because the big thing with cancer is the earlier you find it, yes. the more you can do about it. Yes, and and this is why you know we have like all the you know the breast cancer stations that people set up and some can, you know and it's always recommended when you go in for a check at your doctor you know for them to check for moles and one of the you know the biggest ways to prevent cancer is early um, diagnosis. Early diagnosis. And you can get something like this and it could be a big wake up call. It's like okay, your body's not keeping up. You're going to get breast cancer. The you know now is the time to change your lifestyle, ditch the uh, animal-based products, go plant-based, and ditch the alcohol. And 100%. if you do that, your chances of getting cancer are just going to plummet. Yeah, dramatically. Mm. And so, yeah, of course, this is an incredible thing. This is something that is uh, now now that it's uh, you know I'm sure there will be different uh, medical companies and whatnot getting on the back of this, and different governments and you know trying to roll this out as a bigger mm. thing to really help people. We see those breast cancer buses around the place, and yeah. um, 
you know, the friend of mine who's struggling with breast cancer, you know, it's possible that, uh, you know, that her life was saved by one of those buses. Mm. Um, she was driving past and, and something just, you know, said in her mind, God spoke to her and said, go in. Mm. And it was as a result of that that she got an early diagnosis and hopefully is going to do well. Yeah. So awesome, awesome stuff we're seeing in the in the medical field. Something that I read this morning just finally um, that I thought was really interesting. Like I just... I've never really seen anything like this. So, you know, Apple, the yes. phone company. Um, the computer company. The, the computer phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this week, Apple announced a comprehensive $2.5 billion plan to address housing availability and affordability crisis in California. In California. Yeah. I thought you were going to say in India or in... <laughs> Zimbabwe or somewhere in California. In California. Okay. That's their home state. So, yeah, yeah, let's do something in your home state. I was just reading this and like it just meant, okay, so in Australia right now, we're struggling with a house affordability crisis. We are. And imagine, you know. Nothing like, you know, I mean, California doesn't have anything like the affordability issue that we have, but. Yeah, but imagine Telstra just turning around and being like, all right, we're just going to hook everyone up with like, you know, $2.5 billion worth of subsidies on houses. Apple's has basically done that in California. You and I would own houses. Yeah, <laughs> we, we would. We would. We would be paying a mortgage rent now rather than paying rent. <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't know. I just found this interesting because you very, very rarely see companies do this unless it's like Elon Musk. So well, Elon Musk recently, you know, the founder of SpaceX and PayPal and all that stuff, very, very famous figure. He uh, donated, I think it was five million dollars to a company that's like a dollar a tree. So, to plant like 5 million trees and, you know, to combat deforestation and whatnot. Yeah, and that's what we usually hear, people donating to developing countries, people donating to environmental projects, but here it's like, yeah, California, we'll, we'll provide housing for people in California. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's basically it's my a response. Blessing. I- and while, while ever somebody is being a blessing to other people, then, you know, it's more blessed to give than receive. I'm not going to <laughs> yeah, uh, stand in the way and criticize, you know. It's just like, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, Apple. there are there are people that are going to uh, be blessed. Anyway, this is uh, Ryan Proudfoot. Once was a man with all the possessions that this world could hold. The fathers of riches seemed to overflow, but all he wanted was you. A blameless man who feared God turned away from evil. The greatest man his land had ever known, but all he wanted was you. The tempter came to try to set the Lord against his soul. Strip away all that he'd ever owned But all he wanted was you Yeah, just you Just you
shirt and starts to shave his head Looks to the sky and then somehow he says All I need is you Then boils come one by one, he's covered head to toe Among the ashes still somehow he knows All I need is you God and die, so she says, but does she really know that shall we take good from God and not evil? Not evil from you. Give him counsel now But they don't know what they say They only tear him down He starts to question their ways It seems they've led him wrong But then he starts to complain That's when we hear the sound A voice that comes from the wind Is here to question you And since you tried to contend I hope you hear the truth That all the wind stars and skies The raging seas The waters rise You can't deny I'm the one that all this has come through Cause I'll always be and I've always been Wherever you've gone, I've been with you then Humble your heart, fall on your knees Trust in my ways when still you can't see When I can't see I trust you Falls into the ground Covers his hand to his mouth So words won't utter out My God, your wonderful ways No man can understand So now I'll give you my days Cause all I need is you Welcome back, guys. That was Ryan Proudfoot with A Man Named Job. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Lawson's going to bring it to us. All right, you ready? I am. I'm always ready. This book tells us that after his resurrection, Jesus appeared in a different form to two men walking in the country. It is that one. No, it's not. I'm going to go with this one then. It's not, it's not that one either. Ay, 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 ay. Lyle's struggling. So basically, if you know who this is, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you can still win double prizes. Well, I was going to go with a different one from that one, but then that last clue threw me off and I was like... <laughs> this sounds like anyway, excuses to me. Anyway, there you anyway, go. Double prizes still double available. Prizes. So give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 491 and there will be a prize coming your way. Mm. So what's right. going on, Lyle? Okay, some uh, serious things happening around the world. Of course, I uh, was just working with the Farmer Assist Program, um, helping out some um, drought-stricken farmers up in the Glen Innes area over the last three days. 
And I got to tell you, driving up through the Hunter Valley and then up into the New England Tablelands, at this time of year, this is a, a part of the world that is usually lush and green. It's you know, it usually peaks around about now. You know, grass everywhere, feed everywhere, and we're driving past paddocks. Some that are brown, some that are grey, mm. and some that are just dirt. Yeah. And you've got animals wandering around, you know, with their faces down, you know, because that's what they do, you know, even though that they've been fed with hay, um, looking to try and nibble on anything that they can find. You've got cows that are being, you know, calves that are being born and starting to eat grass the moment they come out of the, out of the womb simply because they are malnourished within the womb. Mm. You've got, uh, cattle that are dying. You've got, you know, you're just finding dead, the bodies of dead cows all across the paddocks. Um, it is the most. It is the most gut wrenching, yeah. heart rending. You've got riverbeds that have been dry for so long that there is dry grass where grass has actually been growing in the bottom of the riverbed. I mean, these rivers that are these are rivers that are dead. Rivers that were once full of of fish and of water and of eels and of life, and now they are just dead bone dry and have been for a long time. You've got dams that have never, ever, ever run dry mm. that are just bone dry, no water, not a drop of water in them whatsoever at all. And, um, yeah, I've got to tell you, it's a, um, it, it, it's one of the most confronting scenes. You've got hillsides, I've never seen this before, of gum trees dying from the drought. <laughs> when have you seen a gum tree dry, die, die from drought like, in this country? Never. No. The, yeah, and so these are these are areas that if the climate doesn't change, um, they are going to turn to desert. Mm. You know, because I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of parts of the world used to be lush rainforest and and are now desert. Mm-hmm. And we are actually seeing this take place, or possibly seeing this take place if things don't change in Australia right now. And you know, I'm not talking about further out west where it's even more severe. Uh, there were large regions that we went through where they're having a green drought, where the grass is, you know, about an inch long, but they've had enough rain so that it has a bit of a green hue to it. And so you drive through it, it's like, oh, look at all the pretty green. But it's not actually um, because it's not in drought. It's just that there's been enough rain to turn it green, but not enough yeah. to grow it. Yeah. And, of course... They're getting hit by a double whammy. We've got three times the population of kangaroos in Australia than what we had, you know, 20 years ago. Mm. And so you've got all of those animals that they're feeding as well. Um, and we estimated on this property that they're probably feeding uh, between three and six head of kangaroos per acre mm. um, as well wow. as, you know, the stock. And so you, you start to um, you start to look at figures like that and it's, it's truly horrific. Mm. Um, so we need to be praying for our farmers. We need to be thinking about thinking of our farms. I don't know what the solution is. I'm beginning to wonder whether rather than sending hay, we should be looking at relocation programs. Yeah. Uh, because we need to give these guys a future and maybe we need to you know, put a pause on debt repayments until, you know, not cancel debts, but put a pause on repayments until the drought breaks. Mm. Um, and, and until that drought the breaking of the drought actually has effect because, you know, it's going to be 12 months before uh, after the drought breaks before it actually has effect. Um, but we, we need to be looking at alternatives for some of these guys mm. because they need to have a future. Of course, yesterday um, on radio, we talked about the historic, you know, uh, upwards, you know, hundreds of million dollar plan that, uh, you know, Scott Morrison and his cabinet are getting 
uh, together today to discuss, um, you know, of, of drought relief. And so hopefully, you know, they can come up with, you know, uh, good and affordable action to actually help these guys. Yeah, one of the things that was mentioned that was that to get, you know, and there are lots of different packages out there that you can apply for, but there's about two weeks worth of filling out forms. Wow. To get it, and, and and you know, just making it incredibly, incredibly hard for the farmers. Mm. And you know, talking to uh, one of the the farmers there, the lady there, and she was telling us that you know, she just she just has to de- dedicate you know several hours per day that she doesn't have. You know, they're working ridiculously long hours, uh, but she has to dedicate several hours every single day just to filling out forms to try and get uh, drought relief mm. um, because it's just so such a complex. Um, and convoluted system and you know she's applied for stuff and months down the track and still hasn't none of the money has come through Mm. Um, so the government really needs to be looking at that of course um, the drought that we are not being confronted with right now is the drought that's taking place in africa so across uh, zimbabwe zambia south africa uh, they've been in drought since 2018 now they've and and the difference there is that when that continent goes into drought people starve to death yeah you know we here in australia we're dealing with suicide we're dealing with depression we're dealing with um people you know losing their livelihoods all these kind of things but we're not dealing with deaths yeah. from starvation mm. which of course they've got 11 million on the verge of starvation now as a result of doubt um, one out of five growing seasons have had no rain um, and they have the same problem with animals that we have where people and animals have overpopulated. And so, for instance, in Zimbabwe, they have 85,000 elephants, which are pretty hungry creatures. Um, already 105 of them have died from uh, thirst, mm. and these animals are now starting to leave the parks and to forage um, through various communities where they're creating you know, absolute havoc. They're eating yeah. food that is set aside for humans. Um, they're destroying crops. And, you know, people are going to start responding to that. Um, they're pushing for – Zimbabwe is actually pushing for the uh, for the ban on the export of live elephants to be lifted so that they can actually save the lives of these ele- elephants. Because mm. unless they can export some, then they're just going to die, you know, in exactly the same way as you, you, know, you head out west, head out to Burke or somewhere like that. You're not going to see any kangaroos out there. They are all dead. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Uh, of course, they're getting th- these animals are dying. You know, stuck in the mud around rivers, um, rivers that used that are typically you know strong flowing rivers that are just made up of dying pools, and those pools are thirty percent of drought capacity. So when they're normally in drought, it's pools, but only thirty percent of the water is in there that what than what they've seen in droughts in the past. Mm. Um, so the non-intervention policy of the uh, African parks ended in July. Mm. So they had a non-intervention policy of let nature take its course, don't mess with it. Now they're like, unless we intervene, we are not going to have wildlife. And without wildlife, we don't have a tourism industry. And um, and so they've already brought in, just in one park, they've brought in 14,000 bales of hay. And they're pumping from boars to try and keep their wildlife alive. Um, and they just can't afford to let nature take its course anymore. And, of course, that's going to create havoc because now you're going to get animals that are reliant on humans. Mm. This is really drastic stuff. Yeah, you know, Cape Town heavy. got down to uh, 25 litres of water per person per day. 
When you think about it, put that in perspective, they were not allowed to flush their toilets. Mm. Um, the average person in Sydney uses 300 litres of water per person. They were wow. using 25 litres per day and you had to go and queue for it. Wow. You know, and you think of a, a pregnant woman or a woman, mothers with children, this kind of stuff. Um, these are the kind of things that um, our world is facing right now. And, and, you know, these are all a sign that Jesus is coming through. One of the <laughs> signs of the times was droughts and famines, and we are seeing it like we have never, ever seen it before. Mm. This is the Forbes family. He came home from work last night to find that she's gone. Now he's spending his first Sunday sitting in the pew alone. There are whispers all around him, his heart breaks in two. He's wondering who will reach out and help him make it through. Who will be Jesus to him? Who will show the love that restores him again? doesn't need a judge, he needs a friend. There will be Jesus to him. Searching for a love that will be true The Savior cries for her to see Himself and me and you Who will be Jesus to her Who will show the love That's commanded in His Word Will she see in us the mighty God we serve Who will be Jesus to her When they look at us, do they see Jesus there? Who will be Jesus to them? Who will show the love that restores them again? They do not need a judge, they need a friend. Who will be Jesus to them? Who will be Jesus to them? The Breakfast Show, bits you may have missed. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And joining me for part two of of this uh, series about the Anon Health uh, Retreat in Malaysia, I have David Farm with me. And David, you kind of left us hanging yesterday with uh, coming back to Malaysia, how that um, you asked God for three things and in one week he provided all three. Just remind us very quickly what those three things were. Well, God didn't provide me one week, three things. But the first week I got, I mean, I asked God for three things, right? One is 
a dedicated team yes. of workers to work together. And second, I need money to start the center. And third, I told God, you must give me a wife, a special wife. You Amen. Know? A wife that will support me, a wife will not ask any good earthly thing from me and will unitedly with me to, to pioneering this new work. So as I came back, I shared with many people, right, how to, uh, we, we need to start a health center. As I was talking to many people, and they said, yeah, we need to do this. Everyone knows we need to do this, but who is willing to come to sacrifice, to pioneering a new work? So I went to a, to a place, I mean, in, in Malaysia, uh, there's a hospital, Adventist hospital that I know some friend, doctor's friend. So I go and talk to many of my friends. Everyone told me it's a good thing, but nobody said they would do the work. Unless, but lastly, I find a doctor and he was willing, but you know why? This doctor, he was Dr. Lee, and he was very sick that time. And I was talking to him. I said, Lord, this man, this doctor couldn't help himself. How can he help me? He was having rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease where the immune system attacks the joint and you will get twisted, you know, all the joint will become deformed. And there's no, and medically it's uncured. You have to depend on steroid, you know. Mm. So I was talking to him and he was very impressed. He said, let us pray about it. You know, I was telling God, I said, Lord, if, if he wants to help us, you must heal him, you know. And sometimes black difficulties in life, trials in life, man, at his age, 37 years old at that time, it was a curse to many people that he got the rheumatoid arthritis, right? He was on wheelchair for three months. When I met him, his, his, his arm was swollen up. He was having fever every month. And I was talking to God. I said, Lord, you must do something for this doctor. Well, after one, one, two days after he prayed with his wife, his wife was a nurse, and they decided they would join me. And they say, David, if you can find the money to build the center, and um, we'll come and help you. So I said, okay, fine. I saw that time I have a doctor and his wife, and thank God I found uh, my girlfriend that time, and she was a nurse. And by the way, two of them, uh, the doctor wife and my wife, to they both graduated from Australia. <laughs> ah, yes. so, so now I got one doctor and two nurses to join me, four of us. So after that, I go and talk to some people in, in Singapore. And they were surprised that I can find uh, workers within a week. But they say, David, you have no reputation. You're so young. Who will give you the money? I say, well, if God's with us, who can be against us, you know? So some people in Singapore help us to build, uh, to form a board of trustee where um, notable people in the board and so that when people give the money, the money can be trusted. So I had to go and raise that time in 1996, 97 to also half a million, which is maybe that time Aussie money, thousand Aussie. So I told God, I said, Lord, how long will you take me to raise this money, right? But I, I, I thank God. I was talking to different people, asking them, telling them that we need to build a health center and train young people to do this medical missionary work. 
and I shared with them my own testimony, why I was involved in medical missionary work. Medical missionary work when I was a young boy. I told them about my mother, how she got well, she got well, and how my experience in Philippines. And I told them we need one Malaysia. And to my great surprise, people gave me 20,000, 30,000, 50,000. I said, wow. I said, to my great surprise, I never thought they would give me so much. Within last month, I received half a million. You know? Praise God. And, and I said, God, I said, Lord, within one week, you give me the workers. And within one month, you give me. And then you give me a wife. <laughs> it must be your way. It must be your plan and not my plan. Amen. So I know it was for sure that God wanted me to set up the health center. Mm. And we call it Anon. A-E-N-O-N. Anon. Anon Health Center. Lifestyle Center. Now, if people wanted Anon, to um, if people wanted to come to your health center, they would just uh, um, Google Anon uh, Health Retreat in Malaysia, I would imagine? Yes. I'll, I'll get you just, to um, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll post up. We'll, we'll post up um, your link and details on our social media here. Sure. After the program's sure. over, yeah, it looks yes. like. The uh, most by thing. the way, yeah. The doctors, when when he heard when he saw how the Lord opened the door, and they decided to leave the hospital and come and join me, and a lot of his friends came and talked to me. He said, "David, you have no salary salary for doctor." You have no money for his medication. You have no insurance. It is too much to ask the doctor and his wife to come out. And they, 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 they have a child. You know, they have a son, four years old. They say they need money to survive. Wow, I was so stressed. So I talked to Dr. Lee. I said, Lord, I said, Dr. Lee, do you still want to come out? And they have great faith. They say, the Lord will supply. So I say, Dr. Lee, you know, a lot of medical doctors do not know lifestyle medicine. They only know how to use medication, but they do not know how to change lifestyle, use food, use lifestyle. And he agreed. And I, and I said, you have to go and relearn a lot of things. So he said, okay. So I contacted um, Heartland College. And then I told them, you know, we, we have no money, but we wanted to start a new work and I need you to help us. So they said, okay, just send your doctor here and the family here. We will, we will train him. We will treat him and we'll see how the Lord provides. So Dr. Lee and his wife and his son flew to America and stayed at Heartland College and live in the Heartland Wellness Center. Uh, Dr. Butler that time was, was teaching him and was, was treating him. And you know what? Within one month, his rheumatoid arthritis was fully recovered. Mm. Praise God. And from 1997 to today, 2018, now, so many years, he was he's serving God in great health and he has helped so many mm. rheumatoid arthritis patients and even lupus, SLE, to mm. back to health through his own experience. Isn't heaven... Uh, heaven insurance greater than earthly insurance. <laughs> That's for sure. God is so good. Amen. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, so when you started Aonon, I'm, I, uh, I understand it was a fairly small um, institute that you started off with. 
Um, yes. Oh, I remember a really good story about how you got your furniture. Apparently, you went to like Australia or England or somewhere to get the furniture for your health retreat. Tell us, tell us that story <laughs> real quick. You know what? Do, to, to build a health center, we, we have half a million, but half a million wasn't enough, right? So I still remember, but I, I have no experience, only God knows. So I still remember when I collected uh, money, because most of the donors are from Singapore, and we opened a bank account in Singapore, and all the money go into Singapore account, in Singapore dollar, equivalent to half a million ringgit. And to God's plan, when we bank in the money, within three weeks, there was an Asia economic crisis came in 1997. And it was just right time when the money went in after three weeks, the economy and the economic crash in Asia. And our, the exchange rate of Malaysia went so, down so badly. And overnight, the money that we used to have from uh, Singapore money have increased so much up to the exact amount of 750,000 we needed. So mm. the money in Singapore went up because of the exchange rate change, you know, mm. and the money mm. in Malaysia went down. So the law provided in that way. But even then, when we built the health center, uh, at the end of the health program, a health building center, we do not have um, enough money either. We need to buy furnitures. We need to buy a, a lot of furnitures to fill the whole home center. So I was praying to God. I said, Lord, we do not have enough money. And during in 1998, there was the first time Malaysia hold a Commonwealth game. And this Commonwealth game was amazing. This is the first time. And, after, and there were 60 over countries that came to for the tournament. And when the event was over, my friend called me. And they advertised they wanted to sell uh, half price for the furnitures that they have in the tournaments. So I went up to the to the stadium and they, they, they built so many apartments for the athletes to stay. And they wanted to sell away all the furnitures. So I look at the furniture. It was not the best, but it was very cheap. Yeah, It only cost us 4,000 ringgits for the whole apartment's furniture. They gave you everything. So I decided, I told God, I said, okay, we'll buy this furniture, though it was not the best, but it's very cheap. We'll use it now. If next time we have money, we will change new one. So I booked for five apartments furnitures. After I bought, I paid the down payment. One month later, we're supposed to come back to take our furnitures. And one month later, all the buyers, there are thousands of buyers that came back to take the furniture. I thought they would put the furniture that I bought in one place, and I take and I will go. You, uh, you know, if there's any problem, I repair them. But to our great surprise, every buyer came. All the salesmen was gone, and there was only military soldier was taking care. And they took all the furniture from the apartments and put in these big stadiums. And you go and pick yourself, you know. And there was thousands of people, and there's nobody take control of the whole place. And everyone fight for the best. And first come, first serve. And everyone was fighting. I was fighting and we were shocked, you know. And whatever left over, I, I came a li little bit late. And whatever left now is all the bad furniture that's left. You know, some door came out and some have scratches and it was terrible. It's just rubbish. So I say, Lord, I cannot have this. 
So I went back to see the person in charge. He was a sergeant. I told him I want to cancel my order. And I was praying to God. I said, Lord, no, I, I think maybe I'm the only one that pray in the whole stadium, right? Everyone was so angry. And I prayed to God. And the Lord impressed me to talk to the person in charge. So I told him I want to cancel the, the order. And he asked me why. And I explained to him, I don't want the order rubbish. You know? So he said, oh, no problem. He said, it's our mistake. I will bring you to another place to, to take the furniture. I said, okay. If you have another one, please, I will go. But I said, please don't tell anybody. I said, okay. So I waited. I, I feel bad. I cannot tell the rest of the people because he asked me not to say to anybody. So I was waited and waited. And a few minutes later, he came with his Jeep. I jumped into his truck and he drove me. And he, as he was driving me, he said, David, I will bring you to England. I said, England? I mean, I'm in a car. How can I go to England? Uh, but later on, it dawned on me why he said he'll bring me to England. As he was driving, I saw all the apartments. Every country stay in different apartments. And to be honest, Malaysia has separated the poor country and the rich country. And the poor country, like Pakistan, you know, Bangladesh, they will stay in different apartments. And the whole tournaments, the richest country is only England and Australia. And these two countries stay in one apartment, in one, one big building's apartments, you know. So true enough, I came to this big block of apartments and they told me, this is the place. And true enough, the plate written, England, Australia. And I went in, to my great surprise, the furniture was totally, totally different. It was supersized. Every one of them, I mean, all the furniture was expensive. This furniture, actually, they kept it for their own people, their own officer, their own top guys. It was not for sale. But these sergeants brought me here. And I told him, I said, hey, I see, this furniture is totally different. Can I take this? I said, oh, no problem. Uh, just take. And he was surprised that I had five apartments furniture. And he said, okay, just take whatever you want. And he left. And to, I took everything that I need from the furniture for five apartments. Just imagine the difference, you know. The, the normal furniture that they wanted to sell was all the rubbish, you know, was only one truck. I can put five apartment furniture in. But this furniture was supersized. There were expensive furniture. I need three trucks to put in all the furniture in. And uh, I drove after hours of taking all the furnitures. I put into the trucks and finally the sergeant come and sign it. And I drove out of the stadium. And I tell you, that day, thousands of people came to take the furnitures. I was the only one that God helped me to take the best from the, from the whole tournaments to put in the health center. And uh, I always make fun with my health guests those days. They said, no wonder today, I mean, now we can run faster than anyone because I've been sleeping on the Australian and the England athletics bed, you know. <laughs> so it was funny. And, uh, I, and I thank God, you know, we furnished the whole health center with good furniture and then everything lasted long and it was beautiful. No, that's and fantastic. God provided everything. Yeah, David. Yes. David, we could um, we could spend all day here telling stories, I'm sure, but unfortunately, we are out of time. We are so thankful that you've joined us, and I just do want to say that that was your first health centre. You've now gone on and uh, built the one that uh, you can look up there on Google Maps and and uh, watch the little video clips and 
and see the photos. Yes, this it is, is a new just, one. It is just absolutely um, a world-class yeah. health retreat. And if you would like yeah. to go to a, uh, a world-class health retreat, I'd encourage you to get in contact with um, David at Anon and head over there. You've been going for, what, 20-odd years now, something like that? Um, yeah, we started in 1996. When I came back, we built in 1999. In uh, the first center, we built uh, in 1999. Now it's 20 years. Now it's 2019. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The time goes fast, David, yeah. and, and, and you and I grow a little bit older than what we were back in the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. David, it's been, it's been great having you on the show. Um, we'll post up uh, your you. details on our social Thank media. You. And uh, uh, God bless. And may the work there in Malaysia and around the world continue. Amen. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to move on with uh, this song right now. After that, we have the 8 o'clock news. Um, we'll be back after that with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. Thank you. 
Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. <laughs> well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Let's 